Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> figure this shit out Uh, okay well speaking of figure this shit out (laughs) oh yeah 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 i'm so confused oh okay i can't wait well first i'll say the title of the movie we're talking about let us pray (laughs) let us pray let us pray p-r-e-y just so everyone knows Um, i've seen this movie twice and i am a bit ashamed to say that i did not realize until the second time that it was a play on Let Us Pray, like P-R-A-Y. I'm, I'm really smart. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm looking at my, my audacity's freaking out because I'm so yeah. loud. That's okay. We'll get there. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so, yeah, Let Us Pray. That's what we have done. A Buckwild film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. I, this, this is going to be a spoiler alert. Can I say the movie that we're doing later this month? Yeah, like, for sure. Because this is similar to Frailty, actually. Oh, <laughs> I, okay. I was watching it, and I was like, <laughs> in my head, I went, this is all about time travel. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sure. I was like, so this no. is a time travel movie. Got it. Easy. Then it started going further, and I went, oh, no, it's Frailty. <laughs> which is another movie that we're doing this month so i can't wait until we get to the endless and we have the filthy fucking loops again i cannot wait for that movie the filthy fucking loops but yes let us pray um my notes are so short because this movie had like no information Mm, i don't know if it's just because it was like a very small film um it's it's a scottish film uh yeah. it it didn't have a lot I, I like looked up everybody separately and they were just like no so i was like all right they're just very modest people you know yeah they're yeah they're very secretive about their, their movies uh <laughs> but here are my very few facts uh so let us pray it was made in 2014 uh it was directed by brian o'malley he also mm-hmm. did the lodgers have you seen that oh shit it's on my Ma- list but i haven't watched it's on it. my list too and i can't remember if that's oh wait no I'm thinking of the one that we watched for the Simul Watch, which is like The Visitor uh, or whatever it is. Oh, God, no. Uh, the Lodgers is like uh, set in like old timey England, I think. In oh. Like manor. But I haven't watched it, but it's been on my list for so long. And then I saw that this, like Brian O'Malley directed it. And I was like, all right, like I should probably watch that because I liked this one. So I'm definitely going to watch it now. Uh, it was written by Fiona uh, Watson and David Cairns. Uh, okay. I could not find anything else that they had written. Yeah. Um, I think David Cairns maybe did uh, some shorts, but that was all I could find, unfortunately. Uh, same with Brian O'Malley. Uh, the Lodgers, I think, is the only other full-length feature film. The rest were shorts and music videos, I believe. Um, unless I missed one, but that was the only one I found that I was like, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then similarly, the cinematographer. So it was Pierce McGrail. Um he did The Cured, which is one that I, I haven't seen, but I've seen, like, on Netflix or on, like, a streaming service, and I've always been like, oh, I should check that out. 
Um, hmm. But the one that he has done that I'm obsessed with, and I didn't know that this was him because it's not listed. I had to like search for this. He, mm-hmm. uh, we have always lived in the castle. Oh shit! Sorry, I, I got really excited because yeah, yeah. I read that. <laughs> it is. I've not read it, but I watched the movie, and it's incredible, and it's really, really mm. pretty, and it's yeah. very unlike this one. So I was very surprised, but a pleasant surprise to be sure, because I. I love that movie so much, and I had to dig to find that information, and I'm just surprised because it's so good. Weird, yeah. but yeah. Uh, same with uh, Steve Lynch did the music. I could not find anything else that Steve Lynch had done. I, I, huh. I, I'm guessing it is not the same Steve Lynch from Led Zeppelin. That's my <laughs> guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, potentially, I am wrong. I don't know. Maybe somebody does. But I, I don't think so. I, I had to make Likely sure. Likely not. I had to make sure. And I went through Steve Lynch's like information. And I was like, maybe. <laughs> no. Could be. I, I'm not going to put it past him. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I it's could not one. find anything. So I don't know. Fair it enough. is a mystery, unfortunately. And I tried to look up some facts on how it was made. Again, not a lot. But I have one fun fact that was <gasps> yes. relatively funny. And I was like, that's good. Are you familiar with the anime Death Note? Yes. So this movie released in Japan on January okay. 5th, 2016, uh-huh. with the same name, Death Note. <laughs> so, so people were just like, what? what? <laughs> and they are not related in any way. They have no. no affiliation with each other. But when they released this movie, they were like, Death Note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing because it is a very similar premise. Um, he has a book. He's got a bunch of names in it. You put the names in it. Your fate is sealed type deal. That's similar yeah. with Death Note. So Did I'm you guessing... just spoil Death Note for me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this coming from someone who's also never seen Death Note. <laughs> no. I just know what it's about. So yeah, relax. I've seen the first episode. That's about exactly it. Exactly. Same. So um, I apparently they, they are one in the same <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> They're exactly the same. I, I don't see any differences. I mean, the live action Death Note is apparently so bad. We could just say that this is the live action Death Note. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because this is yeah. pretty good, at least. Yeah. So. I like this movie. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. This is the live action Death Note that we're covering. Yeah. And uh, I think you're going to like it. <laughs> Let us pray slash Death Note. Slash Death Note. Yes. But that's that's all my notes, unfortunately. No budget. They had no budget either. I, I looked and looked, and I was like, huh. please? And they were just like, no. Uh, mostly because it didn't release in theaters very much. Like, yeah. It, it came to the theater I worked at. I know that because I remember seeing it and being like, that looks wild. Mm-hmm. Um, But I didn't go see it. and But it wasn't there for long, and it mostly only went to film festivals. So it's yeah. not like it had, you know... It's not like it had a, like, I don't know, money to make, really. It was kind of just Mm-mm. like, here you go. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was also split between, like, two production companies, I think. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but, like, part of it was uh, Irish and then part of it was Scottish. Yes, I did read that. So part was Irish, part was Scottish. So I don't yeah. know. I, I Yeah, so I don't really know how that would work. And I unfortunately could not find all of my usual information. But I did find the death note, and I was like, that's pretty funny. That is I lucked beautiful. out <laughs> with that one good fact. <laughs> I will take the replacement of the budget with the death note. If you want, I can make one up in my head. Kate, what do you think the budget was? I think it was $5.3 million. Oh my God, it's so embarrassing for you. It was actually just, oh God, just 100000 I I know. Ugh. I know. I'm I was so, so sorry. Close. 
<laughs> oh god even when i make up the number you can't you can't uh, you just can't, <laughs> you can't win, win you know <laughs> <laughs> funny enough in my head i went i'm gonna say five million and then you said five million and i went no it's <laughs> like she can't have this <laughs> don't let her get cocky <laughs> I don't need you to get too ahead of yourself, okay? <laughs> yeah, I need uh, to be brought down a peg. Just calm down. <laughs> but those are my notes. So. Oh, God. Okay. I don't uh, even know. <laughs> I was waiting for it to, like, dawn mm. on your face, you know? It happens every time, and you would think I would know by now, but no. Eh? Um, what I can only assume is an angel of death starts hanging out in a Scottish jail and... Everyone there has a, a fucking bad time. <laughs> All right, listen, that's almost exactly the Rotten Tomato summary. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it happened. I genuinely, just... <laughs> I don't know what this man is. Oh, he's the devil. He's the devil? That's it? He's just mm-hmm. the devil? <laughs> yeah, so uh, there are a few moments, and I think that this is potentially a difference in, like, I grew up going to Sunday school every Sunday, and, like, learning a lot of like the biblical stories and so I saw a lot of this is not like I know this because I was a good girl no it's like I grew up learning the stories and like knowing what imagery to look for and uh there's a moment where he says like you know I had a falling out with a friend we disagreed over what to do and like blah 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 that was him and God and it's about Lucifer's fall from heaven that makes uh, sense. okay yeah okay it's also probably because I consumed a lot of Supernatural. So <laughs> I was like, I did not pick up on that. In my head, I was just like, oh, this is a time traveler. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then eventually I was like, okay, it's probably not time travel. And then in my head, I went, Batman, that's death. That's just death. Death. I, I don't know, but I was into it. Like, I was hot. I'm just going to say it. Okay, <laughs> listen. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Oh, my Take God. Me. I was, like, so worried that this was going to be a moment again no. where I would be like, that guy was hot. And you'd be like, Nikki, no. <laughs> no, take me, Daddy Death. Like, I'm here no. for it. <laughs> I I would I would do things to that devil. Uh, I'd do a lot. Yeah. He's hot. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but, like, oink. I get it. Oink. So. <laughs> yep. All right, what's the real summary? What's the real one? Because I'm excited that I was a little close. <laughs> a mysterious stranger in a remote police station takes over the minds and souls of everyone. Oh, my God. I nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Finally being vague and not paying attention. Well, I did pay attention, but I still didn't retain anything because my poor brain was like, hot man. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot to focus on at once. There's a Well, I there's really liked it. I think yeah. I got confused by the characters. Um and I was always like, who's who? Like, <laughs> I, had, I had to turn on the subtitles, not because yeah. out of preference, but because their Scottish accents, their accents are so thick that I was like, what the fuck are they saying? Listen, for once in my life, consuming an insane amount of the show Love Island has finally come in handy. <laughs> because while watching it, I was like, got it. <laughs> I knew I was like, this is easy. I know exactly what they're saying. <laughs> I was not prepared for this because all of my like media consumption outside of like american stuff has been irish ah, and i was like see? this does not overlap enough you gotta do love island because they got it all baby <laughs> yeah okay. uh but yeah okay that was a good summary i'm happy that i was at least a little close oh for sure That's for sure very exciting and i've also been sitting here thinking to myself what the fuck are you gonna talk about for nerd <laughs> what like <laughs> 
every time I think, I'm like, okay, I've got an idea of like what she could probably do. And then you're like, milk cartons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What do you think I could cover? I see in my head. I I'm, I think I'm too easy because I'm like oh it's gonna be like the devil like it's gonna be like this like it's gonna be like the history of uh, sins or something and what is it is it is it the devil <laughs> so, <laughs> he's right here so I base my nerd corner on some of the research I did and then an essay in Divine Horror uh-huh. essays on the cinematic battle between the sacred and the diabolical oh so, okay uh, remember the episode where I went into premillennial dispensationalism. <laughs> It's going to be a little bit of that again. <laughs> I'm never different close. Words. <laughs> I mean, like, who could have seen that coming, though? I should have. I've been on this, this podcast for how fucking long? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I should right. have known. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I apologize in advance to any Scottish listeners or people that are passionate about Scottish Scottish. <laughs> I was going to say Scotland and Scottish history. My family is Scottish, <laughs> so be careful. I'm very Scottish, so. Uh, so I'm very sorry. I'm going to condense several centuries worth of religious turmoil into like two paragraphs. So We've all I'm going to miss it's some cool. things. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it. It's like yeah. when you covered the history of being a child and you were like, listen, yeah. I can't do every child. <laughs> every single child. <laughs> Yeah, we're still recording that episode. Yeah, no, we haven't even gotten to, like, I don't know, me yet. I'm just, I'm waiting. We're pre-arc right now. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, whisk me away. Okay. So I saw this movie for the first time last year, and it was a lot. I didn't have any solid opinion or insight other than I enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. and I think about it periodically. Same. Like, it just kind of pops in my head, and I think about it. So fast forward to our episode on The Omen. As I mentioned previously, I bought this book called Divine Horror. And uh, Nerd Corner, as mentioned, was about premillennial dispensationalism. I'm just trying to like say it again so right. that I can be proud of myself. Premillennial dispensationalism. Did I do yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. I just, I stumbled over it once in that it's, episode. And I was like, shit, I can do it. It's hard. Like it it's takes all of, of my brain power to say it. Yeah, no, I get it. So we talked about that in the 70s. And so that was from the same collection of essays. So I was looking through chapters when I got the book, and I saw that Let Us Pray had an essay on it. And I was really surprised because I thought Let Us Pray was kind of niche, and I did not expect a published essay on it. But it's also fairly well established that I don't have a great understanding of the popularity of various media. I have no idea what the kids know. So (laughs) I don't know. I was like, this could have been a blockbuster. I would have thought it was niche. So I'm guessing, based on your response, that I am correct that it is not super well known. Okay, cool. At least I, I mean, I agree with you. At least if I'm wrong, then we're both wrong because I really thought that it was. Yeah, exactly. So I, it seems pretty niche to me. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, the title of the essay on Let Us Pray is quote I have seen things that would make the angels weep. This title, fittingly, is a line said by Six near the end of the movie. Uh, so six is the devil. Um, he's referred to as six because he's in cell six. And that's kind of like that's throwback to like was. the number of the devil. How do uh, they not fucking care? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh God. I had the benefit of seeing this a second time. So 
Don't. It's okay. I get it. I should. I, listen, we can't always make it better. I just <laughs> didn't fucking pay attention to that part. They kept calling him six, and I went, neat name. I like that. <laughs> Cute. Sexy six. Sexy six. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so uh, da, da, da. he says that near the end of the movie where he's basically, it's like when the police station is burning down right. and he's talking to Higgins. Hig- mm-hmm. I suddenly forgot her last name. Her first name's Rachel. I was yes. like, Higgins? That it's seems too easy. Higgins. Heggy. It's, it's Heggy. Heggy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's, okay. it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of explore like the context of that line and how it fits into the larger religious motif. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to go back a few centuries. Woo! <laughs> so let's take it back to the Scottish Reformation. Let's. Something that everyone knows all about. Yeah. Honestly, I don't, you don't have to tell me because I know all about it. But if you could just okay, refresh okay. everyone else's memory. Yeah. Just like correct it. me when I get something wrong. Okay. Yeah, and then no, like definitely. give me the proper numbers and everything. Got yeah, you. Yeah. Got you. Okay. I'm very Scottish. Cool, cool, cool. So this is good. <laughs> <laughs> <A> Scottish scholar. <laughs> I'm very Scottish. Very Scottish. So this movie is an interesting mix of Scottish and Irish. And most of the characters are Scottish, and it takes place in a fictional Scottish town. However, the director, Brian O'Malley, is very clearly Irish. And yes. in interviews, he said that because he grew up in Catholic Ireland, he had a fascination with the devil. Based on the way he was taught, sinners went to hell. But if you didn't sin, then you didn't have anything to worry about. So he didn't see the devil as, like, the tempter, but more of, like, an ally. Because yeah. as long as you're a good person, then the devil's not going to take you. So why the fuck would you worry about it? Yeah, no, nah, he's chill. Yeah. So instead, Brian O'Malley kind of saw him as like the subversive hero or an anti-hero. Yeah. And okay. if you put that up against the history of Calvinism in Scotland, uh. it's even wilder. What is Calvinism? <laughs> what is it? What are frogs? What are frogs? It's been a while since we said what are <laughs> been frogs. A while. <laughs> it has been. <laughs> I'm just, most of what I say is just a series of memes and songs that are queued up. Just to be They're like, always ready. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, that. <clears throat> so to get to Calvinism, we do have to start a little bit before that. So the Scottish Reformation was the process of Scotland breaking from the Catholic Church in the 16th century. Shit. It was part of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going back. Whew. So it was part of the wider Protestant Reformation happening in Europe in the 1500s. It was a long process of influences like the Renaissance, Renaissance humanism, yeah. and Martin Luther making their way to Scotland. It is, It was in no way linear, and there's no way I'm going to be able to summarize all of it. There's a lot of nuance and theocratic history. One important thing to know about it <laughs> is that the Protestant Reformation in Scotland was led by John Knox, who was a follower of Calvin. Who the fuck is Calvin? Well... Yeah. John Calvin was a theologian during the time who believed the authority of the Bible was unquestionable. Notable here is that his branch of Protestantism Protestantism was That's called Calvinism. One. It's a hard one. It was called Calvinism. Prod- Protestantism. Protestantism. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, we had to take a little break there to say it because yeah. it's just too enticing. Protestantism. It was. <laughs> it just kind of like rolls off your tongue. I don't like looking at my mouth when I say it because I like Protestant. <laughs> I like go all... <laughs> <laughs> and they go all tight and weird. I'm like, Protestant. Protestant. Fuck. What's wrong with me? <laughs> okay, sorry. Traumatizing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So his branch of Protestantism was called Calvinism by those who opposed it, the Lutherans, yeah. and he hated that people called it Calvinism. He oh. preferred the term reformers. So anyway, the two most relevant points of his theology for us on this podcast, not just in the world, are his assertion <laughs> that the Bible is the way God communicates and cannot be questioned or doubted. And then the other part is the concept of predestination. Uh, That's Oh, yeah. Okay. And for anyone confused, that is not the prequel to Final Destination. <laughs> predestination is the idea that from birth, you are either going to heaven or going to hell. God knows which, and nothing you do in your life will change where you're going. We studied this, this in my philosophy uh, class, oh. and it fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. I remember just being like, ah! <laughs> I was like, nothing I do matters. Yeah, people get real into, like, the free will argument. It goes they- through, yeah, it, like, I went through stages of it where I was just like, nothing I do matters. This is awful. And then I was like, nothing I do matters. This is fucking great. I was like, that doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> just a freshman in college, like, ah, freaking out. I I feel like the debate over free will is, like, a partially frozen lake where it's, like, very tempting to try to go out on the ice, but I know that I'll fall through and I will just flounder, and so I just don't touch it. Right. People say, like, the concept of free will, I'm like, bye. Like, I don't want to <laughs> I just, talk like, about dip it. out of any conversation about it. I have the free will to fucking leave that conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, gets into free will territory and the Calvinists also believed in the quote, total depravity of humans. Basically humans are born sinful, original sin, what up? And they can only make self-serving choices in this belief system. God has chosen some, the elect to save, and then the rest literally go to hell. So that is a very brief and pared down summary of Calvinism generally. Uh, there's also like the five doctrines of grace or something with the acronym, nope, acrostic tulip. Uh, oh, T-U-L-I-P. Okay. Yeah. But that is kind of like debated whether it's actually like from Calvin. Anyway, not going to get into it. I got really interested though because I was going to flower. Uh, so <laughs> let's take it back to Scotland. John Knox, the leader of the Protestants in Scotland, was a follower of Calvin. So his Protestantism, and by extension Scotland's, was imbued with those beliefs in the authority of the Bible and predestination. Okay. This is not to say that everyone magically became Protestant overnight. Right. Before the Second Reformation Crisis, the majority of Scots were still Catholic. After the Second Reformation Crisis, Roman Catholicism was technically illegal, but there were pockets where it was practiced fairly openly. But in most like non-noble households, it was kind of like under wraps. Yeah. Huh. Uh, keep in mind, we're still in the 16th century here. Fuck, I, I keep forgetting. And I'm like, <laughs> right, when is that? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. God, okay. Uh, And there were like a series of, there were at least two Reformation crises. And again, not linear where it went through like, oh, like the Protestants are in charge. And then the queen was like, I'm here though. And then she (laughs) fell. I'm here, guys. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) So after, there's a quote that I pulled from Wikipedia because I thought it was really funny. Uh, So quote, after the Reformation, there was the development of a national kirk, that means church, that claimed to represent all of Scotland. It became the subject of national pride and was often compared with the less clearly reformed church in neighboring England. Jane Dawson suggests that the loss of the national standing that the loss of national standing in the contest for dominance of Britain between England and France, suffered by the Scots, may have led them to stress their religious achievements. A theology developed that's a theology developed that saw the kingdom as in a covenant relationship with God, 
Many Scots saw their country as a new Israel and themselves as holy people engaged in a struggle between the forces of Christ and Antichrist, the latter being defined with the resurgent papacy and the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, wow. Yeah, so (laughs) I'm listening to a book right now about the troubles in Ireland. I only ever knew there were troubles. They were in Ireland. I didn't know... The extent to which the, like, tension and violence and the years of struggle between Protestants and Catholics. It's rough. Yeah. So that obviously was in Ireland, but in Scotland it was also quite tense. Yeah. So this is just to say it became a very defining thing about their country. Like, it was something, it's like, we have Protestantism. Like, suck it, England. So Take that, idiots. Yeah. (laughs) Keep your tea. So... (laughs) We'll jump ahead a few centuries. Uh, From the 1700s to the early 1900s, there were a series of substantial successions from the Church of Scotland. Okay. It's important that it happened, but the details aren't important to us right now. (laughs) Uh, But looking presently, there are over two dozen religious, no, two dozen religions and denominations in Scotland today. And the Church of Scotland has been declining in terms of membership and prominence. But of those in the most recent survey that say that they belong to any religion, most of them say they adhere to the Church of Scotland. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. So there's still, there's now a majority of Scottish folks saying like, no, I, I don't attend church regularly. It's not right. a thing in my life. And But of the people that say they do go to a church, the majority adhere to the Church of Scotland. Church of Scotland. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So let's bring this back to horror if we can. <laughs> uh, if we can. I love it. Yeah. So that was a brief history of Scotland. Uh, the religious imagery and references in Let Us Pray are not subtle. So first off, MacReady wears a cross necklace the whole time. And he asks people if they're Christian because he is a Christian man. And then he does spend a while speaking solely in Bible verses about judgment. So that's That's, one. Well, that's several. That's the sergeant, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. That's the only reaction to him, yes. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, There's also a crucifix hanging over his bed when he brutally murders a young man or potentially teenager. Right. Yep. 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 But there's – so those are the more, like, overt religious images and references, but there's also the barbed wire worn by MacReady, the use of feathers as potentially a reference to Satan's fall from grace, Mm i.e. when the angel lost his wings, and then – McReady talks about the ultimate judgment of God and punishment of all those depraved humans and places a great value on stri- scripture. What does that sound like? Maybe a little bit like Calvinism. <gasps> it's all coming back. It's all coming back. It's all coming around. <laughs> so basically, if we're looking at the history of Scotland yeah. and saying this is a film set in Scotland and we have this movie where the ultimate antagonist is a police sergeant espousing the most extreme forms of calvinism from scotland's reformation and then you also have a movie with the literal devil as an anti-hero or subversive hero what is it doing (laughs) so we don't have like this moral crusader educating people on the error of their ways or bringing them into the fold instead the devil has turned inferi into purgatory for the night and the only and only two people there have a chance of making it out souls intact so the background of Scotland, to me, and the author of the essay, <laughs> makes the analysis of this film even more interesting. It's not just asking us to consider differing views of justice and morality. Like, is it only right that people who do enormous harm to others suffer in some way? 
Right. It's not even just asking folks who grew up in Western Christianity to reconsider the story from the devil's side. It's setting it in a place that has a long history of religious tension and conflict, particularly regarding Protestants and Catholics, as well as a history of Calvinism. And it's saying, in that place, we're going to make the devil a protagonist, and the so-called Christians are going to be the villains, undone not just by garden variety sin, but hypocrisy and violence in the name of religion. Ooh. And I think that's doing a lot. It, it sure is. It That's wild. I mean, that's obvious, too, because, like, I mean, you're watching it, and it's like, yeah, that's clear. But it is also just, I don't know. I don't know. I, are there other movies like this that are this uh, in your face about, hey, the devil's uh, kind of a good guy? <laughs> huh i was trying to think of it because i was like you definitely get the devil as subversive hero in a few works yeah and i'm like i'm trying to think of it because there's a lot like we've talked about it before i think where there's the view of i'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this basically there's the story that is taught to most people in western christianity where it's like the devil said that he wanted to be greater than god and god said no and he you know right set him down whatever and then satan tempted eve to eat the apple original sin right but then you also have the camp where it's like what if satan wasn't evil (laughs) but it's also like like what if what if it was just dissent? What if it wasn't trying to be more powerful? What if he saw a corrupt leader and just said, hey, I have some uh, notes. Would you like to hear them? <laughs> I've got just some thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you mind. Just like tell me if I'm off base. It's okay. Listen, I just wild okay. thoughts, you know. <laughs> just thinking. Uh, and so there are a lot of, mo- not motifs, but there are, are stories where the devil is like the troublemaker, but not right. in the way of like, I'm doing this to fuck shit up, but I am just going to be the voice that questions the so-called natural order of things to get you to really think about, like, why you're doing what you're doing. So he's an agitator or he's a questioner, but he's not a tempter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's obviously a shit ton of movies where he's the straight up villain. Yeah. And there's obviously the ones, like you said, where he's like, oh, I'm kind of tempting you. But this Mm -hmm. one, I'm like, this man's just, I'm rooting for him the whole time. The only other movie that I will say has a similar vibe to this one in theme, not in anything else, uh, is The Witch. Um, Mm. Because it's similar in the fact that, like, the family is so religious and so blinded by being religious that they, like, shun their children and, like, were willing to do a lot of wild stuff. Granted, there was a witch. (laughs) The witch is also in this book. Yeah. Yeah. And it just reminds me of, like, I don't know, the the parents and the family were so like, we have to do what's right. We have to follow God. And then like the poor daughter is just like, what if we didn't though? Yeah. And, uh, what yeah. if I lived deliciously instead? Right. It's like, what if I was just happy? What if I did what yeah. I wanted to do? And that's the similar vibe to this in a way where it's kind of like mm-hmm. the devil's not the bad guy. The devil's just like, Hey man, what if you just wanted to do something different? Like, yeah. Interesting. And it was really fascinating to see this from, like, the perspective, not of Calvinism, because that's not a perspective that I personally have, right. like, an understanding of viewing the world from. Um, but if we're looking at, like, grace and, like, giving people a chance to repent, like, that's a common theme in a lot of denominations. Yeah. But instead, the devil is saying, your fate is not sealed. First of all, you're not predestined. And right. second of all, like, you can make a choice, Caesar, and you can save her life, and I'm yeah. not going to take your soul. And he's not doing anything to make them do something no he's just they're following their own impulses maybe like nudged a little bit 
but he he's does get- not tempting people to do evil things. He's just no. kind of letting them do whatever they do. Like he, uh, if he's not a tempter, is what I'm no. getting to. <laughs> and if anything, he, he's not a tempter. And if anything, he gives them like tiny pushes to be like maybe think about it maybe change it you still have time to change like yeah. he gives everybody a chance or if their fate is sealed he gives them a chance to be like you could at least maybe say like oops i fucked up before you know you're dead yeah. and uh yeah it was so interesting caesar's story is my favorite part of the whole yeah. fucking thing um so i can't wait to talk about that but yeah th- that's interesting sorry i don't i want to derail you if you're still no no uh, that's it because i just think it's really fun to kind of like take the historical context of that country and say okay we're gonna have a very scottish movie here (laughs) that is so cool because i didn't know anything about any of that in scotland specifically and i feel like it makes it even more intense of a movie than when you think about it um yeah and it's just i just i don't know any movie where the people are like the devil's not so bad. I, I love yeah. just because like we have so many movies where where the devil's the bad guy, but a lot of times they never explain why, like yeah. necessarily. They'll just be like, "Well, the the bad guy is the devil," and you're like, "Cool, mm-hmm. wh- why?" And they're like, "Because you know it's the devil," and it's like, "Well, yeah. give me something." So mm-hmm. yeah, I like that in this one they kind of did the opposite. They're like, "The devil's kind of a good guy," and you're like, "Why?" And they're like, "Doesn't matter. Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, there was a summary of his character where they were like, he's a devil that has been taking the souls of sinners, but he's just really fucking tired. He's kind of tired of what he's been doing, but he's not, I don't know. I loved it because it was just kind of like the nine to five devil who's he really was. Friday. He just looked like he was just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's another yeah. day at work. And I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I, and he's not, like, relishing the corruption of souls because no. he's not corrupting souls. He's saying, you have been a just deplorable person, and now this is what happens to your soul. Yeah, if anything, he's just kind of tired of it. He's just like, mm-hmm. like all right, great, <laughs> more horrible people to deal with. Yep. And, yeah, the only time he really, like, tries to make a difference is with Caesar because Caesar still has a chance, and he, like, you could t- I feel like you can tell in the movie that he wants Caesar just he's like come on man <laughs> he's yeah. like he's so close oh do my you want to hear something kind of wild yeah okay so i wanted to tell you this earlier but i wanted to save it to the end of nerd corner by the way it's the end of nerd corner got it uh, <laughs> so uh i'm trying to think of the best way to say this so the first time i watched it i did not pick up on it and then the person that i recommend the movie they're like oh what do you think about the whole purgatory thing and i was like the what the hot uh, yeah so this movie happens in a town, yes, but it happens in purgatory because you only see the characters that are involved in the story, the people that are potentially going to be taken by six. Yeah. And you have multiple scenes where you have an empty street. And it's like anywhere between 10 and midnight, but the gas station is unattended. The grocery store, the Chinese takeout, all of it's it unattended. Is. The lights are on, though. So there's just no one there. So why is this town where there should be things happening? Yeah. Why is there nothing happening? Why is there no one else there? And it's because they're in purgatory, which is hell's waiting room. Right. And their souls are being weighed, basically. Oh, I wondered. I In my notes, I was like, yo, why is this grocery store so fucking empty? Like, I was yeah. like, there's nobody there. And 
I mean, obviously this makes so much sense, but that's mm-hmm. wild. I mean, and it's like they cr- try to call a tow truck, doesn't pick right. up. Like they try, like there are small things that are easy to miss because I missed them the first time. Yeah, because the only time I think you see other people who aren't part of the like purgatory necessarily mm-hmm. are the victims from the doctor. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the victim from the McCready, or uh, yes, McCready, in mm-hmm. that in that victim. Um, but that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, and obviously, like, why wouldn't they be there? I mean, they're showing you like what you fucking did, and the woman in the road. But at the same yep. time, you you're not necessarily seeing her with anybody else around. So you could be seeing her back, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, that's wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't it cool? God, that's cool. I like this movie so much more now. It's one of those instances where I was like, I like it. And now we're talking and I'm like, fuck, I think I love it. (laughs) That's why when we were planning for this month, I was like, I just, I really want to do Let Us Pray. It's okay if you don't want to do it. We don't have to. But I really want to do Let Us Pray because I wanted to rewatch it thinking about Purgatory. It is. I am surprised that I like it so much because it takes a lot for a movie that is just so fucking gory oh, yeah. for me to like not because i'm like grossed out by gore i just think that like a lot of times it's not justified in a movie and i feel like it's unnecessary and i'm kind of like whatever but this one had such a cool plot that i was like i don't give a shit that's great yeah <laughs> i was like i don't Same. mind yeah because because when you suggested it, i was like kate doesn't like gore either so i was like this movie yeah. has to be something special i was like it can't just be a gory movie because kate doesn't like that so i was watching yeah. it like <laughs> Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay there's gotta be some weird shit going on for yeah i was like there's it. gotta be something um but yeah i guess we're talking about horror now yes. um, <laughs> um now that i know it's purgatory uh, my notes are probably even more wild um hold on let's see because i took my notes on my phone again as usual but this was one of those instances where i didn't take a lot because i couldn't look away <laughs> yeah I was like, what is happening? Um, the very first thing I noticed, though, and I wanted to say this to you because I was like, Kate will understand why this made me so mad. She leaves her house and doesn't close her door. Like, I know it's an apartment, but I was oh. like, I was like, girl, what are you doing? You're a cop. You, you know better. Like, mm-hmm. she did not close her door. And it bothered me. Very frustrating. And it had nothing to do with the plot or the horror. I was just like stop <laughs> do you know like, what dang. i was struggling over in the first five minutes what the just casual overplay of ravens and crows like they were the same corvid i was so <laughs> mad because they kept showing like a raven in flight and you can tell by the beak and the size and the hackles Absolutely. and then they showed a murder of crows and i was like these are not the same corvid and then the calls don't even know I was so distracted because I was like, they keep showing a close-up of a raven because it's a more dramatic figure and more dramatic profile. But on mass, they're showing crows or maybe like magpies. I don't know. It's not a raven though. Sorry. It's- That's what I was focused on. So this is bird corner now. <laughs> it's always bird corner. <laughs> That's true. I did not notice that, but now I will look. I will keep an eye out. I can't tell them apart, but I do like that you can. In my head, I'm like, Birds! <laughs> <laughs> but I did see that, and I was like, God, Kate's going to be so happy about all these birds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, my second note in this in my notes is, I'm just going to go ahead and call it. This movie is about time travel. <laughs> where are all the zombies? <laughs> it felt very 30 Days of Night, where I was like, I love the zombie movie. <laughs> I love I thought... the way this cake is cut. <laughs> 
Waiter's cake is cut. Okay, let me defend it. Because I did not think it for very long. Luckily. Um, but there's a part in the very beginning, like, opening sequence type thing where Six, Sexy Devil mm-hmm. Man, is, like, basically yeah. coming out of the ocean. Um, I think. Sort of. He doesn't, like, come out of the ocean, but there's a yeah. part where he's, like, on a rock... And there's like this. He's part. like elementally birthed from the ocean. Pretty much, as all yeah. devils are. Yeah. Uh, and he's like standing on the rock or something, and he either f- comes up or falls back in a way that looks like time was like being reversed. And yeah. I was like, oh, so it's going to be like, hey, this man's going to come in and try to help these people by being like, I, I saw what you did in the future, and I'm here to kill you like in my head i was just like very different movie (laughs) i know so in my head i was like oh cool he's from the future he's already seen the bad things that they're going to do and he's gonna stop them before they can do it that was what i thought and then as it went a little further i went no 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 no." (laughs) i was like i see i did not take any more time travel notes it it stopped (laughs) um and then i said the beginning was very intense clearly crows are going to play a part (laughs) (laughs) Not really necessarily. Uh, I guess they were just kind of his like, well, mascot or something. Well, yeah, I don't know. They're symbolically relevant. <laughs> right. What I do like about this movie, one, the horror of it is mostly just the, that people are bad, I think. Yeah. And I think any movie that makes the villain people and things that yeah. people can actually do scare the shit out of me. Um, so like movies like, like the strangers or stuff like that, where it's just people being like, I don't know. I just thought I was going to do something gross and horrible. It scares the shit out of me. So once it got further into that kind of storyline of it, I was like, Oh, I'm scared. Um, so that's already great. But also they mix that with like, it's not comic book style, but this whole Mm -hmm. movie felt like a comic book. It felt like a graphic novel because everything is. It's got, like, that rim light, so it's all, like, really dramatic lighting that's really, like, high, high, like, contrast. The contrast in this is awesome. And that's what makes it look like a comic book is that everybody was so, like, backlit or, like, deadpan and everything looked like a drawing. Like, it was just so cool. And it almost made me think of the movie 300. That's the only other movie I can, like, think of that had that style. Or maybe Sucker Punch. Is that another one? V for Vendetta. Oh, okay. So I've never seen that one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, yes, those kind of style movies where, like, everything just feels like it came straight from a graphic novel where it just felt so intense. Like, and it's like there were so many parts where people weren't moving a lot, but they were just kind of, like, I don't know, existing in the frame. And it felt so Mm -hmm. still, but, like, there was so much happening within their, like emotions yeah it was just great it it i liked that so much and the door also now that i know it's purgatory it feels so cool to see that door that leads to the cells because mm-hmm. it like almost looked like it was like falling apart like the you know from the door almost yeah. just like if you could just get out like evil seeping into this room kind of thing yeah um, if people don't know what we're talking about there is a they're at a police station and there's a door that leads like up into the police station, but it's got cracks and crumbling rock coming from the door. And it just felt yeah. like it was like, this is where the evil is kept. And like, it's all trying to get in 
and it's oh it was so creepy what you sorry you said a poignant thing but i was like this is where we keep our evil this Please, is like evil. make sure you seal it so it stays fresh if you can't find you know like evil straight from hell store-bought is fine yes uh, yeah. no worries but, <laughs> uh, but it was so good i i loved it. i just loved that i yeah and the gore itself is a lot it doesn't Ooh. scare me necessarily just because like gore in movies i think to keep myself from being grossed out as a kid i was always like that's fake you know what i mean you make that like distinction when i was Mm -hmm. young to be like this is fake so that's why it doesn't scare me so i still do that now so watching it i was like not real whatever but it it was gross it did get me a little bit there were a few parts where i was like (laughs) like the glass through the throat and the head squash. So those are the two ones. I'm just like, no thanks. This was the only one with content warnings that said head was squashed. Where I went, yeah, no, that checks out. Like yeah. <laughs> every time it says head is squashed, I'm like, it can't be. But in this one, I was like, honestly, surprise, there's not more. Yeah. Um, there's like a head squashed, and then there's like a head impaled, impaled. through the eye socket on a table. Yep. <laughs> that was Gross. pretty too. There's a um, there's a lot. <laughs> but I think what makes it work though is that it's all very justified in a way like every every act of like intense violence one either has a consequence or like is the driving force for the story behind a character so it's never like pointless because some movies it just feels so unnecessary where you're like there's no reason to kill them like that like you didn't have to like yeah I, i think another one that i feel very like it feels very justified as saw like the very first saw mm-hmm. i can't speak for any of the other ones but saw's whole point is that it's like hyper violent from this person who is clearly like unwell and that's the whole point of it so it makes sense i'm trying to think of one where it's just like i don't i'm over it can you think of I'm one where it's just like ugh. not a movie but the forest because you yeah. know the tennis players and they're like impaled right. on their own rackets and it's like okay <laughs> all right relax like yeah yeah there's there's this stuff like that where it's like i'm getting no backstory of it i don't know why it's happening so it's just kind of like okay why is this like <laughs> so yeah. this was one of the few hyper violent gory movies where i was not upset about that because it felt like it had a purpose and there was a reason yep. for it and you know and it fit the stylized comic book style. Because when you watch comic yeah. books, the blood and everything is always so intense. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know. You have it was to show cool. motion and, like, drama yes. through, like, a medium that way. Yeah. Uh, I actually have more on the bloodiness of this in tropes. <gasps> really? Okay, I'm pumped. Huh? I can't wait. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite kills actually was the uh, the impaling of the, <laughs> the head. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it's gross. And it's not that I loved it because of like, oh, it looked great. It was the, it was the thought that went into it before he did it. That is so interesting to me because like for people again, who haven't seen it, the sin of these people, they've all committed something pretty terrible. And the sins of, I can't remember their, their names, the woman that are, that's having Uh, an affair. Mundy Mundy and Uh, his last, oh shit tits. His first name is Jack. His okay. last name I spelled wrong several times in my notes, so I just wiped it from <laughs> so, memory. Jack and Mundy, like those two police officers, they're having an affair. One, so adultery is like their sin, but also they like take like a justice into their own hands a lot of times. They show flashbacks of them like 
beating and killing people who have committed crimes, whatever, that they think are worthy to kill them. Like, yeah. So there's this moment of like, this doctor has committed horrible fucking crimes. And for the first time, I was like, yeah, at this point, you you should kill him. Like, that sucks. And like, maybe that's probably not the right thought. But in my head, I was like, I'd probably kill that guy too. Like, <laughs> and he thinks about it. Yeah. It's just like. He like you see him look at the table leg and he's like considering yeah. and I was like what what are you gonna do with that and I was right. like oh oh I didn't think it was okay that's creative and it's just so funny because when they're going to the flashbacks of him like killing this other person with with Monday Moldy. like uh, yeah it's 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 like oh he just did it but then this moment when he's being like face to face with someone who has murdered his entire fucking family he's like should I. Like, oh, now you have second thought? It's just interesting. It was so weird to watch, like, the thought process of somebody who saw somebody who committed all of these atrocities and then is like, well, if I do that, am I that bad too? And then realizing, well, he already has and just yeah. does it. Ugh! I, that's what made yeah. it so scary is just the the moments of people being people. Yeah. Know? God. I... Yeah, most of my thoughts on horror come from, like, the acting and everything. The lighting and everything I already talked about, it's beautiful. It looks like a graphic novel. But for the most part, I was so focused on their performances. But what do you have to say? I've been rambling about oh my God, no, I've <laughs> blood it. for so long. Because, like, as I was watching, I noticed, like, a few camera angles or movements. But the rest of the time, I was like, I can't wait until Nikki, like, talks about that. Because I was so focused on, like, imagery and trying to figure out what Scottish people are saying. (laughs) But, and this is not a dig on Scottish folks. I think their accents are incredible. And I'm jealous. So this is not me saying, oh, I can't tell what you're saying. It's, I wish I could tell. I wish I could do it. Anyway, um, (laughs) I just, like, wanted them to know I love them. I love Uh, them. But I was very focused on, like, different things. Right. And so there were a few times where I was like, oh, okay, so the edges of this frame are all dark and you only have light on the focus, like, the prime person. Right. And then there was this really cool scene when they first bring Six in and the doctor is, like, bandaging his hand and, like, checking him out. Right. And then you have uh, Jack and uh, Mundy Mm -hmm. and McCready and heggy like they're all there and they're all just kind of talking around it and you have um two officers in the background talking about the people in the foreground and the people that are talking are not in focus are not in focus yes yeah and then there was another scene where uh caesar is talking i think Mm -hmm. it's um caesar's confessing Yes. to the hit and run yeah and it starts on them but it pans away slowly and most of that shot is an empty cell because it's panning across the room so yeah. it's starting on the left hand side looking at heggy and caesar yeah. and then you see past the door you see an empty cell you see wall and then you see six and he's like sorry kid too late and yeah. it, that pan shot was so slow and is- you just have them talking in his confession over this slow like you're seeing nothing and you have to listen you have to oh it's painful that shot is incredible because again it's all the camera angles are paired with the performances of like the people talking and like the actors in the film because like caesar did such a good job of being like a little shit from the beginning but he's a little shit that like I don't know. I I think from the very beginning, you can tell that he's not cut out to be here. I think he knows that. And I think it's all an act. And I think everyone knows that. But he also knows 
deep down that he's done something that even he thinks like knows he can't handle but he's like but if i say that like you know i i can't i can't do that so i think i think from the beginning i think we know that this woman's not gonna make it like i I don't think there's ever a point where we're supposed to think like she could pull through like they don't show her very much but when they do she looks very pleading she looks very like this is it like i i know what's coming and so I think we're supposed to know that as well. So when they pan away like that, I think you're supposed to be like, yeah, his fate is just like all of the other empty cells here. Like these have people in them. They are gone now. They Their fate was sealed. His is clearly sealed now too. Ah, that shot. It, yeah. It's haunting because then, yeah, it yeah. gets to six and you already know what he's going to say. Like, yep. I, I, at least I did. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like, she's dead. Like, there's no way. There's no um, way. And it, it, it's heartbreaking to know that, like, his fate is sealed, whatever. Six is like, it's too late. But Caesar still gets out. Heggie does everything she can to get them up there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Caesar was so close. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's so slow because it's like, you almost heard it. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing shot. Yeah. Like, uh. oh, God. Um. I'm trying to think of another one that that haunted me that I really liked. It was when um, they're looking at the cameras, like the security cameras, and Six is in there, and like the lights have all kind of gone out, and Six is so confident, like he's just like, "All right, let's do this." Like he's like, it's almost like Mm -hmm. he's just starting his day of work. Lights have gone out, and you're watching like I think the teacher get Mm -hmm. like walk into like a light into like the, 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 the 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 cell bars like. Again, it's, like, too late. Like, he, he's done this so many times that you're, like, I don't really care what he has to say at this point. But Six is still, like, come into the light. Like, come give your give your little speech. Say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. Haunt. It's like he gave him a spotlight. Like, every person yeah. got their little spotlight of a moment of, like, come on. <laughs> it, oh, it, I have chills when I think about this movie, yeah. which is so weird because, like, no movie has made me, like, not scared, but just so, like, <laughs> it's it's an odd one for yeah. sure there's also the scene where mccready is murdering like beating yep. to death you don't ever get their age it's kind of left ambiguous but right. he looks really he looks like a 19 he 20 year old maybe young. younger he looks like 18 so, 19 for sure yeah so potentially a minor but definitely a victim yeah <laughs> and mccready is like taking swigs of some liquor and he's dancing around his underwear and then the kid or the young man looks very much into this consensual part, and then McCready just starts beating him. And you see it through a doorway, yeah. and the like you see the cross above his bed, and you see his act, but you also see like the doorway. You also and don't see the face of the person. Yeah. It's so like haunting. your vision is obscured by a wall, but it's like the framing of that shot. I don't have like the knowledge to explain why I liked it. There's a horrific scene, but the camera angles were really cool. I probably looked into that scene just a little too much, but I'll say what I got from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I sometimes look into things like this, and then I'm like, this is what I took. And it sounds pretentious as hell, but it's just what my brain said. But No, I love this. Because, like, I'm guessing, I don't know if they outright say this, but, like, it seems like McCready is mad at himself for being gay. That seems very, uh, that is the undertone I'm getting from this. So yeah. that shot felt like you see the cross. You can clearly tell that this is a religious man, but then you also see him on top of another man who you saw before, before he falls back 
and you no longer see his face. And to me, it was like, you can't see the victim's face because in my mind, it's McCready taking out his rage against what himself, like, it's like, he's angry that he wants this. So in his head, he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill this guy because he's gay, but you can't see his face because in reality, I think it's McCready taking out his rage on the, the things that he wants shit uh, it, it just felt so sad like because you yeah. can't see this kid's face anymore and it's like does mccready even see his face probably not because he probably just knows that like what he wants to be with a man and he knows that that's bad in his mind yeah so he's just trying to get rid of it by doing this and i think it's jesus. just yeah that's what i took from it and i was like probably too deep but in my head i was like jesus like you can't see the victim's face because i think the victim is himself in his head Damn. I, oh god that's a cool <laughs> yeah it, yeah because they they don't really show his face again until he's like who did you tell who did you tell because mm-hmm. again he's trying to preserve himself like mm-hmm. he's like now you want to see his face because you want to know if it has any effect on you like mm-hmm. oh so fucked up <laughs> this is a very deep movie that i was not expecting to have this much to it i was expecting a gore fest and instead i was like i have some deep inner things to look at like, <laughs> like yep. i was like oh god <laughs> Oh, I could spend like an hour probably on like a 10 minute stretch of the movie kind of like breaking down. Oh God, I love it. I Honestly, it, it's one of those ones that I'm like, if anybody ever just wants to like talk about this movie off this podcast and just chat for hours, we can do that. Oh yeah. Because it's like it's a discord. Yeah, honestly, like if people in the discord, we're just going to start a chat for this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yes, like I had trouble taking very specific notes about certain shots i think because i was so into it until i'm reminded of it and then i'm like oh yeah that one because mm-hmm. there was just so much to look at and and like what? uh heggy's escape like her flashbacks you know something mm-hmm. horrible happened to heggy that's obvious from the beginning because they really show you some bad shit um but showing her escape when he says like i didn't see a victim it's like yeah whew, that's yeah because like I don't know, man. She just, you can tell she's resilient from the very beginning, and I think that's intense. There's a really cool quote. Let me see if I can find it. I'm pretty sure I carried it over from my notes. Uh, This is from Wikipedia, but I also found it in an article, Mm -hmm. like an interview. So several scenes were rewritten. Nope. (laughs) Several scenes were rewritten at Macintosh's behest. She saw, oh, that's the person that played um, Peggy. Yeah, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. She saw her character as strong and did not want Heggy to be viewed as a victim or in a sexualized way. The right. filmmakers were also careful not to depict Heggy's background of abuse exploitatively. And so, like, to me, I also want to, like, disrupt the, like, you are either a victim or you're strong. That's not, like, no. a dichotomy. Like, it's not a, an either-or thing. Right. Um, but the biggest part of that for me was she was like, do not sexualize the abuse that she had as a child. Yeah. It is abuse don't use it to be sexy. Don't use it right. to exploit it for harbor. Don't show it like that. And so they were like, they rewrote some stuff to make it not I'm exploitative. Very glad. I think yeah. that it says a lot that like when they do show the flashbacks of her past, you never see the person who did it um, because you're not supposed to like it, it. It's her, like it's her story, you know, like yeah. I, I think it's so interesting that like it's her face pretty much <clears throat> always when she's running away, like, it's just her. You don't really ever see like a look back of like what she's running from. It's very much like that's it. That this is 
what she did and let's focus on her. Yeah. And it is true. Like being a victim does not mean you're not strong and vice versa. Like it doesn't <laughs> mean anything yeah. like that. But I just love that her past isn't also the only thing about her. Like, mm -hmm. it, yeah, I think that's really interesting because like, yes, her past is very traumatic. It is very, very sad. But I mean, she's just a very strong person in general, yeah. I think. And she is never sexualized, really. And I love that. Yeah. Even when she does like that classic moment of like, I have to take my shirt off to use it to do something. It's not, it is not like other movies where they take it off and they're like, gotta rip my shirt. And you know, it's very much like I have a tank top on whatever. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so surprised. It's such a little moment, but mm -hmm. as a woman, I feel like it's so interesting or as anybody who has felt sexualized in a movie or like seen themselves represented when it's been overly sexualized to see someone do something so normal that is usually so gross and overly uh -huh. sexy wild like yeah one uh, of, oh sorry go ahead no that was it it's just it's just wild to see like one of the other things that was changed was the intro sequence for heggy mm -hmm. so you know how it shows her like waking up yeah. and she like works out she like takes a shower she gets ready well originally it was going to be one of those sequences where it's like okay well you see her taking a shower and there's, there's a lot of steam to show that she's having a very very hot like temperature wise shower right. so that like she's almost like punishing herself or she like needs extremes and then you see the scar on her back yeah but instead they were like no we don't want to make it like this sexy shower scene so instead she like does her push-ups and you see her scar because she's like pulling on her uniform uh, but yes. you yeah. don't like so the entire, like, waking up scene was just, like, desexualized. And Good. it was just about a person getting ready. Wild. And I was like, right. I loved it. <laughs> Wild that that's even a scene that can yep. be sexualized. Because, mm -hmm. like, think about it for, like, any other character. Like, why would you need that? Why do you need that? It it's so yeah. useless. I yep. it It's just, like, it's great. I love that it was desexualized. But how sad is it that, like, I'm excited that somebody... Mm -hmm taking a shower wasn't hot as hell like she's wearing a tank top and it's not sexy really and i think that, that that's groundbreaking like yeah <laughs> that's yeah. so sad like we have lows we have low expectations low, low bar here that yeah. like but i love it i i i truly i want to thank her and whoever else made these decisions to do that because it would not have been the same movie without it it yeah. also made the kiss at the end with six not feel that gross to me like yeah. usually when there's an unnecessary kiss like Pontypool fell out of nowhere it feels forced it feels so like this movie wasn't hot enough let's give you something this yeah. movie just felt like two people who have similar views of the world and him being like I've admired you forever and her being like okay like <laughs> and you, you should hot. I'm pretty awesome <laughs> right like she's never sexualized but he in a way I won't say sexualized but he he's hot like and yeah. I think, you know, the tables kind of turn where she was like, yeah, listen, you should admire me. I'm fucking great. And you know what? You are very hot. <laughs> I, the kiss didn't feel weird to me. It didn't upset me. Yeah. I was expecting uh, to be mad and I wasn't. <laughs> there are two things that I kind of want to pull out of that. And, and that's me totally agreeing with you and also adding context yeah, from an please. article that reinforces what you were saying. Oh, cool. uh, <laughs> so one of them is the kiss scene. It Like the way it's constructed, they're supposed to be very much on equal footing where yeah. it's not like he's like grabbing her and like forcing no. her head back where it's just like they're both equal partners in this felt like, like activity. That. Yeah. And the way they're framed, like the way their bodies are positioned, it was supposed to be constructed. So it shows that they're both equals. 
Ugh. And I was like, oh, oh, I never get to see that. You never uh, do. And then the other thing, this goes back a little bit, but um, interviews I read with Pollyanna and Brian O'Malley. Uh, I think her. it's really funny that her name is Pollyanna because that is like synonymous with someone who has like this uh, like very naive, positive view of the world. Anyway, yeah. uh, I thought it was a funny name for someone in such a grim fucking movie. Yeah. But she had nothing but good things to say. She was like, she always felt like she wouldn't have done a movie like this if it was for anyone but Brian O'Malley. Right. And it's not because she's like, I don't do horror. It's because like she was like, this story of this character is important and I wouldn't trust it to anyone but Brian O'Malley. Right. And I wouldn't believe in the direction or feel supported by anyone but him. And so it was like I was able to do this movie and feel confident and comfortable and feel empowered in this role because my director was so supportive and listened. God, that's and that's so important. Uh, again, shouldn't be a groundbreaking thing, but yep. I'm like, wow. And like you said about the shot of them kissing being on equal footing, you can tell because so many shots of people kissing will be like angled a certain way to make it be like oh the man is taller like you're looking Mm -hmm. down on the person the woman kissing like it it's usually so uneven like you can tell Mm -hmm. that there's some sort of and and the placement of hands pulling someone in it is very much just two people it is a straight on shot of like looking at both of them and they're like poop they kiss like it is Mm -hmm. i don't know nothing felt weird about it i it was just good (laughs) yeah they took a lot of things that I don't usually like in a movie and they just did it well. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that for them. I love that for them. You turned into a snake and I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I bought that print. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, God. Um, I, I, I think that's my notes on horror because, like, yeah. honestly, I would talk about this forever and I could and I need to chill. But those are my my thoughts. I think that the acting mixed with the like comic almost comic book style like intense contrast just made it super cool yeah yeah, yeah. are you ready for scariest moment oh yeah i think so okay uh so mine i wasn't sure until we like sat down yeah and i was like i don't know what it would be and like there were a few jump scares not a ton not really um yeah. It was mostly just, like, six appearing with, like, fully white eyes. Right. And um, you're like, ooh. <laughs> you're like, oh, you surprised me there. Hello. Uh, to me, my scariest moment was when um, Jack and Mundy are uh, basically saying in front of Heggy, we could frame you for all of this. And oh. she's slowly realizing, like, they uh, – Jack has just murdered – Warnock. That's his name. Warnock. Uh, yeah. It came back to me as soon as you said it. I was like, yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, he has just killed Hume, yep. the doctor. And uh, then Mundy is like, okay, well, we just need to get our stories straight. And Heggy's like, our stories? Like, you just killed a man. And then Mundy and Warnick, like, both turn on her and say, like, you have a history of trauma. It's so, you know, anyone would expect that you would just snap. And, like, God. you see them spinning their tail and you know how believable it would be yep and it's like horrifying to watch her realize what a dangerous hopeless situation it's becoming yeah and she's new to this town Mm. correct so it's even worse it's her first day at work these people know them like oh that is terrifying Mm -hmm. that any parts with those two basically just teaming up against her have always to creep me out 
because she's yeah. so alone it feels like god um yeah my scariest moment i already talked about but it, it's with uh mccready when he's punching and you can't see the guy's yeah. face it, it just haunts me <laughs> as soon yeah. as i saw that shot i was like uh-uh i i yeah. it i won't say it came out of nowhere because i was expecting obviously some violence against this person um but it just felt so like <sighs> like it was just like watching this person turn on himself and just being like yeah. oh i'm having a good time but I'm, I'm not like this isn't right and just like losing it is so upsetting and how fast it happened and how long and it was so upsetting to see <laughs> um, yeah so yeah that i mean that's 100 percent it like that was the scariest yeah. moment for me there are a lot of moments that were beautiful and amazing to see and also just like eerie and terrifying but that one stuck with me yeah Whew. that'll do it yeah <laughs> it's a it's a whew, it's a scary one yeah uh how, are you ready for tropes oh then? i'm so ready ever since you okay. said one's about blood i was like yeah fuck yeah <laughs> so part of this is me like getting myself in order and like making sure i'm using some of these terms correctly so one of them is body horror okay and uh i feel like it can be used generally by me sometimes to just be like gross things happen to bodies that's right. not exactly what body horror is though yeah it's usually about like this wild arrangement of limbs or body parts or the intentional mutilation of those parts like yeah. towards a mutative like state where it's yeah. like what if we put an elbow on your neck you know like that type of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just like right. choosing body parts and i was like well that would work <laughs> that would work uh so to me, this didn't feel much like body horror. To I would say that uh, the forest—it's on the brain. I played it last night. Uh, right. When like the thumb creature and like the legs, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. is a terrifying arrangement of body parts that one would not expect. That is right. body horror. Right. Uh, this was more about head squashing, and so after yeah. I like ruled out body horror, I was like, okay, well, where does the head squashing fit in? And then I found three different. Uh, kind of places to potentially land, but yeah. they're all a little bit different. Okay. So uh, Bloody Horror mm -hmm. is not exactly right either because that one is a tool, like, to add to scenes. And it's like, oh, it's not scary enough. Add blood. Right. And so it's like, oh, bloody handprints on the walls? Bloody Horror. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to me, it felt like, a tool in certain parts. So like the biblical right. imagery of um, when McReady comes into the station, he's covered in barbed wire. Right. That could be reminiscent of the crown of thorns that yeah. Jesus wore on the way to the crucifixion. Right. Or of like the scourging or on all of that. So bloody horror can fit in in some ways, but it still didn't really seem like it got it to me. Yeah. And so then there's Gorn, which is gore porn. Okay. And, uh, that is supposed to be just like gratuitous, over the top, very yeah. very graphic violence, and I can't for the purpose of like shock and awe, right? And that also didn't feel very right. No, because that's like, sorry, it can be used two ways. Right. It can be used to just be like, there's a lot of blood, or it can also be used to be like, we're going to use blood to titillate you. Right. It's it's. This one felt more purposeful. It, yeah. Yes. So. So then I was like, okay, I feel like nothing is still like getting to it because this is a bloody fucking movie. Right. <laughs> what is it? And I came upon Splatter Harbor. Ah. 
So this is the precursor to modern torture porn. And it's a type of horror film that uses violence, gore, etc. to highlight the vulnerability of bodies. Okay. uh, (laughs) That feels right. (laughs) Yeah. Usually it has like very graphic dismemberment, but it's more about like, look how squishy a head can be. You didn't know that a battering ram would do that, did you? Or like, oh, who knew that much flesh would fly out when you shot someone in the neck? Like that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And so splatter horror is like a subgenre and like temporally it lines up more before like Saw and all those things. Right. Um, But I think it kind of fits of the ones that I looked at. It fit the best. I So far. I mean, yeah, like I can't, none of the other ones seem right. But that one, when you said it, it was like, that makes sense. Cause the whole movie is about people being vulnerable and and like being, yeah, like, of course. Oh, that's, ugh. Yeah. It makes the most sense for sure. And then there's also just like the general like cruel and unusual death. That's also a trope. But I wanted to talk about like the gore element, not just the fact that they're dying in horrific ways. Well, because the gore element's such a big part of it. Yeah. It's hard to ignore. So. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, So that was kind of my miniature dive into different types of looking at blood. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And then uh, when I was reading through tropes, there weren't a lot because, again, I think this is a fairly niche movie, and so it doesn't get the same attention to its right. tropes page. Yeah. So when I was reading through, like, body horror was listed, and I was like, I don't really think it's body horror. And then, like, Noble Demon was listed, and I was like, I don't really think it's Noble <laughs> Demon because the quote from TV Tropes is a noble demon is a villainous character with a code of honor. They don't care that they have a bad image. They may even actively cultivate and embrace it. However, ev- however, every so often a situation presents itself and they're just not willing to go the extra mile necessary to be completely evil. They'll topple your castle, but they'll do it after they evacuate everyone. They'll sacrifice whole armies to achieve their goal, but they'll also sacrifice themselves if they must. They'll conquer huh. your village, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, to me, it wasn't like he was in pursuit of evil things the way his character was set up. He was just meeting out justice and this is not like my commentary on vigilante justice but to me he was just leading people to the end that they had chosen for themselves yeah if anything he was more just like a guide like of just yeah. like hey you already made your choice i'm just yeah. here to either like Caesar in caesar's case let you know that there's another option or to be like i'm just gonna help you out uh, yeah, yeah so i can't see that one fitting either yeah you're right because he he's yeah. not leading anybody to evil and he's not committing anything evil he's really just there to be like you've already done the evil i'm just here to tell you what happens because you did it yep interesting and then the last trope of the evening uh actually this one i did think fit pretty well and i thought it was kind of fun so it's called deadly doctor ah okay yeah so the trope itself just refers to well it not only refers to a doctor that kills Right. Uh, but a doctor that uses their medical knowledge to harm and does so in a doctorly fashion. Right. So it's like they use a scalpel or something. So in this case, Hume first tries to kill Six with the medical scissors that he'd yep. been holding. And then later we find out that the reason, the totally justifiable reason he murdered his entire family in a really gross, disgusting way, he was trying to find the soul. So he had to saw off the head of his son. Had to. Uh, doctor's tools. <laughs> oh, so God. it's not just like shocking but like this juxtaposition of someone that like swore a code to like do no harm and only try to help people 
you see this like perversion of power and hypocrisy right. and hypocrisy is like a running theme in right. this movie where it's like they're all fucking hypocrites and that isn't their only sin but that's always one of them and oh i thought God. it was a really strong juxtaposition of like a doctor is good with a doctor does evil things using their right. doctor training yeah any movie that ever has like a doctor who does something like this uh, it creeps yeah. me out a lot just because like uh, they're like they are trained to help people with mm -hmm. this knowledge but the same knowledge can be used to kill somebody so fast or in certain very very distinct ways and i think that's so creepy when movies take that and they're like look how much medical knowledge they have which means that they're also very good at killing and they will uh -huh. do it uh-huh yeah that one fits very well Ugh, that doctor yep. picked me the crap out ew from the moment he walked on, I was like, something's wrong here. Right? <laughs> he walked in and I was like, I don't like your whole vibe. <laughs> to me, it was the balance of his hair and his skin on his forehead. To yeah. me, I was like, something's wrong here. He had something I don't know what on. it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like whatever you're doing. <laughs> whatever you've got going on. Honestly, I don't like. I don't like your vibe. Oh, God. Honestly, your vibes were off. We're going to kick your ass. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking of the my <laughs> wife's bio costume. <laughs> we don't like your vibe. We're gonna kick your ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that one fits really well. I ugh, hated that doctor. Yeah. Gross. So those are my tropes. Those are good tropes. I like those. Yeah. Uh, this whole whole experience of this movie has been surprising and very fun. <laughs> fun is as fun as a movie like this can be, at least. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but fun to uh, talk so about. I will say. Oh, for sure. So that brings us to scales. Yeah. I didn't have any ideas written down. I Me neither, because I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, we've got broken matchsticks. Mm. <laughs> Corvids. I will say Corvids. Corvids because not because they are not one bird, as Kate has lovingly told us. They are Thank multiple you. Corvids. Um, Everyone should check out Corvid Research on Instagram and Twitter. She's really cool. I follow it because of you. Kaylee Swift. Yes. Every Wednesday she does crow or no. And it's like the highlight of my Wednesday. It pops up and I'm always like, I don't know. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. Oh, God. So we've got Corvids, Broken Matches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we got Devil Kisses. Oh, was so cute. Oh, yeah. Um, Satan Smooches. <gasps> we got to do Satan Smooches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Satan Smooches. Yes. Okay. okay. How many Satan smooches? Here we go. I, yeah. I held it up to this. You held it up, and I, I was like, "That's excited. fine," because I'm right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. This is a perfect ten Satan smooch right there. Yeah. I was not expecting this at all. I was watching this, and you know, from the beginning when I was like time travel movie, I was like, <laughs> "I'm not gonna like this. This movie is gonna be too gory," and uh, I was wrong. Not only wrong that i did i liked it a lot but also wrong that it had nothing to do with time yeah. travel yeah <laughs> i want time traveling zombies i want that to be a movie to just like really combine <laughs> i have a movie for you <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh, um God. i i loved this movie it was beautiful it was stylized but it was stylized well and consistent throughout the whole thing it kept its style it knew what it was, you know? This movie was like, I know what I'm about, and I'm going to stick with it, and it did, and fuck, it was really good. And if you take the time to, like, look deep into it, it's incredible. 
if you don't take the time and you just watch it for what it is, still really inter- entertaining. Like, yeah. I-, I think it's good for to both kinds of people. Like, if you want to take a deep dive like you and I do when we watch something, hell yeah. But also, it's just, it's wild. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. 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 So, five uh, Satan smooches from me, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, gore. It's not yeah. something, I usually find that it's excessive. And it's not that I'm squeamish. It's just that I want it to be justified in the context right. of the film. That's it. And it felt justified and it 100%. didn't feel like it was out of place. And it takes a lot for me to say that it is justified. Exactly, and yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, I every scene made sense to me in terms of that, not in terms of like, I understand what's happening all the time. I get it. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> oh. We know that's not the case for me, so. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I started off by saying, hey, <laughs> I love puns, didn't get this one. <laughs> uh, but no, I find this movie thoroughly enjoyable i've seen it twice and i like knew everything that happened the second time but that just meant that i could look for different things and i could just kind of like pick apart different elements and like you said you don't have to know the history of calvinism in scotland to like this no (laughs) to me it just like added to it for me but you can enjoy it without knowing shit about it yeah, it's got that rewatchability. Like, I can mm-hmm. watch it now with all of this context in mind and love it even more, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that it's purgatory. Incredible. Uh, that also adds a whole new layer to it. But not just that. Like, I, I just, I went into this knowing nothing, and I had an amazing time, and I already want to watch it again with the things I do know, so I can be like, oh, yes, okay. Like, I want to focus more on other characters. Like, for this one, my mind was so focused on like McCready because I wanted to mm. know what was going on with him but I want to focus on other people now like I want to listen more to their story and like it's just good it, it's got a lot of rewatchability I think I think if you just enjoy a movie that is buck wild but has a lot to say it's great yeah so, so that's a perfect 10 Satan smooches perfect 10 Satan smooches and I blow a kiss to Satan love him love him love him so that wraps up our discussion I guess yeah oh damn okay so that wraps <laughs> up our discussion of let us pray if you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That's yeah. where it helps other people find us there the most because that's yeah. like the place apparently. Uh, but there's also rating and reviewing on other platforms as well. So there's uh, – I can't speak when I have my headphones on. I'm it's like, hard. was there an L in there? Who knows? We're on Zoom because of a snowstorm. So we're yep. both a little like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, there's six inches of snow and ice on my car. Yep, <laughs> my car – anywhere won't move <laughs> nope i pushed yeah. two cars out of the snow yesterday I when i was on a walk and so it was like there's no so yeah we're on zoom i have my headphones i can't hear myself and i was like i don't know if i'm <laughs> it's saying really words hard <laughs> it's so difficult so you can rate and review on other platforms as well um spotify podcast addicts uh there are more but i think yeah anywhere you listen to i think you can do it for the most part i think yeah so uh so you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at just go with it on both of those and every wednesday we'll post the movie for the week as well as where you can find it if it's streaming for free if it's not then sometimes we'll post like hey you could rent it from here yeah usually it's always like apple tv or amazon or something so trying to find Uh, movies that are on things lately trying yeah Trying our damnedest. It's hard. <laughs> you can also check out our extended show notes on our website, justgoalwithitpod.com. That's where I put all my sources, citations, my notes, like my stream of consciousness notes. I put those there. They're great. Uh, <laughs> and any memes that we reference, 
Like we'll I love the way this there. cake is cut. <laughs> I, That's I gonna love be the way there. This cake is cut. <laughs> Those are on the website. <laughs> That's so good. You could also take a look at our Patreon, patreon.com slash just go with it. And we have a Discord for our patrons. And it's great. <laughs> oh, they share such cool stuff and I love reading they it. Always do. People keep yeah, sharing yeah. trailers for movies and I'm like, how did I not hear about this? <laughs> I, I love the Discord. They're always just like, by the way, here's something you didn't know. And I'm like, hell yeah. It's like, hey, you also love Anton Yelchin? Here are five other things. And I was like, Ugh! oh, God, I know. And sometimes we just talk about horror movies and it's great. And sometimes we also just post really dumb memes. <laughs> it's uh-huh. a good place to be. Sometimes we chill at the structure. Sometimes you, know? you chill at the structure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, and Janice. So excited. Thank you so much, patrons. I love you, patrons. Y'all are I the best. You. We'll give you Satan smooches too. Maybe, if you're maybe, maybe if you want a Satan smooch, you can have one. Yeah. And oh, it was lovely. Yeah, I blew it. I, did you get it? I blew oh, it too. Oh, got it. Well, there was a delay on Zoom. So, like, wow. Yeah. Okay. I was about to be like, yeah, you yeah. didn't fucking catch it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I got it. Furious. <laughs> the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Rogazella. The cover art? Inspire very own Nikki Solomon. Yeah, it is. So catch my kiss. Uh-huh. <laughs> catch it. Oh, I, I ate it. <laughs> I saw that. You're just like, nom. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> so Nikki hungry for kisses. <laughs> I gotta end it. I around.